you for joining us this week for Sunday worship. As a church family, we would normally be in our building and we could pass the collection plates. We share our time, our talents, and our treasure. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your continued support. You can e-transfer to treasure at graceunitedhanover.ca or graceuc at whiteman.ca. Checks can also be mailed to Grace United Church, 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, N4N1V6. Thank you for your support. it is a joy to gather together to share in God's presence, to share in the love of community, to take this time to slow down, to be together in person and from home, and to know that we are loved and we are blessed to be a blessing. A couple of announcements for today. There's no announcement sheet at the back of the church, but there are announcements in our um, newsletter. So the newsletter went out by email. It's also, there's printed copies at the back of the church. Um, if you would like a printed copy or if you know somebody who you, who would like a copy that passed along to them. If you're at home and did not receive a newsletter but would like one, please contact um, Laurel at the church office, our administrative assistant, and she will help you with that. Um, please note that on this coming Saturday, that's the 30th of July, um, will be a farewell potluck. We'll be gathering at 5 p.m. down in the hall, um, and it will be a chance for us to, to say goodbye to one another. So bring your favorite food, share in the love of community, and um, we'll have a party before I go. Then Sunday, um, July 31st, um, will be my final Sunday with you. It's, it's really hard to believe that we're at that date. Um, I'm not gonna talk about it too much right now because I'm gonna start crying if I do. Um, but we'll celebrate God's love, God's continuing presence, and our time together in worship. And then there's cake after church. So um, we will be celebrating together then as well. Um, this week I'll be working out of the office um, Tuesday to Thursday, um, tidying things up, getting things organized, um, 
if you'd like to pop in, have coffee, say hi, you're welcome to do so. As you may have noticed when you were coming in, um, may have been told, may have noticed when you got into the sanctuary or may have read in our newsletter that masks are now optional in the church. You're welcome to wear one or not wear one, however your comfort is. And a reminder for those at home, if you are thinking about coming to worship again or for the first time, um, that there are spaced out pews on the sides for now um, if you want a bit more space from your neighbour. We are great, very thankful to the, um, our board for all of their leadership and for Pat for your leadership as we've navigated COVID and making the decisions about what to do, what not to do. So thank you, Pat, and thank you to the board. And George has an announcement. Thank you. Um, good morning, everybody. This is just a, a little short one. Uh, back in June, we asked for a donation of a, a dresser uh, to put up in the friendship room so we could put a great big TV on it. And I just want to, again, thank Bert, Marion Badger for offering up a dresser. And uh, to quote Marion, it is not going back in the house, so <laughs> it's ours to keep forever. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any other announcements, um, celebrations, or sorrows to share? No. Um, today, you'll notice at the front, we have a special um, memorial stone that is from our stewardship committee in memory of um, a dearly beloved member of our congregation um, who died a number of years ago, Sandra Howes. Most of you know Sandra, some of you may have never met Sandra, but you've felt her legacy here. Sandra was very active in the church. Um, she, shared, she shared generously in her love and her care and her work here. She was the chair of our stewardship team for, I forget how many years, many, 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 many years. Um, it was always a joy to attend those meetings because something would come out from the National Church about stewardship ideas and the stewardship team had already heard about those things um, or done them before because of the love and care that Sandra um, inspired in all of them to share. I met Sandra at a pres at presbytery. She was a presbytery rep, but anytime presbytery was here, Sandra was often getting things all organized, or if there was a meeting here for a committee, she was getting the coffee ready and the cookies out and all those pieces. And she inspired in so many of us that stewardship is not something to be afraid of. Talking about our gifts and sharing of our gifts is not something to be afraid of, but something to celebrate and to love and share. And that legacy lives on in our stewardship committee and in our whole church. So we give thanks for Sandra's life and the work and the inspiration she left here. The stone is going to be placed outside um, and it will be a reminder for all about the wonderful ways we can share and the wonderful gift that Sandra has left amongst us. So let us pray and ask God's blessing on this memorial stone.
O Holy One, we give you thanks for the life of Sandra Howe and the legacy she has left in our church and with our stewardship team. We ask you to bless this memorial, that it may be a reminder of Sandra, and it may be an inspiration for all who come to this place to share their full life in the ministry of love and care and generosity. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And as we gather and worship, we remember that the place we gather has a long history. And the place that we gather on is traditional territory of the Ottawa, Mississauga, and Anishinaabe nations. That this area, the wider area, is home to um, Saugeen First Nations and the Chippewas of Nawash, unceded First Nations. Much, much news fills, much information fills the news this week as Pope Francis is coming to Canada to have honest conversations, to talk about the painful legacy of colonization and white supremacy and Christian superiority, sense of Christian superiority, the pain and death and, and destruction that happened and the ongoing trauma as we recognize our traditional territory, it is a prayer, a prayer that we may all work in truth. We may all learn difficult histories and difficult present moments, and that we may all work towards healing and right relationship. And let us join in singing our opening hymn, More Voices, number 30, It's a Song of Praise to the Maker.
we join with all creation in worship and let us call one another with joy and love to this time of worship. We have gathered to worship God. We have come seeking comfort, inspiration, community, and insight. We have come to open ourselves to the power of God's presence in our midst. We have come to offer us seasons and the journeys of our lives, and to ask God's help in our journey and in our growing. And friends, let us pray. Holy One, center us in this time and open us to the movement of your Spirit. Inspire us with your love and lead us in compassionate living. Amen. And we actually don't have the stories of our faith for today, um, but I invite Gurdy to share with us the good news found in our scripture. Good morning. Um, yeah, we don't have our, our uh, I neglected to contact Laurel to check on that, so I apologize. I do want to mention, if I may, that this congregation supports a number of local charities through the um, Local Missions Fund, and I tried to jot down the quick list and I don't think I got them all, but over the coming months, um, Laurel, you have it? Call. Okay. Over the coming months, we will be giving little um, overviews of the various projects that we do support. Do you have it? Sure. Okay. We didn't know this would be a taking time, did we? That's fine. Um, you'll find a list of all of the support for local missions in our um, newsletter. Um, they include Women's House, Camp McGovern, Canadian Food Grant Bank, Hanover Food Bank, SMART, Youth for Christ, JDSS Mental Health Program, and Graver's Chaplaincy. So the work of this congregation never ceases to amaze me. The reading of the scripture this morning is from Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 38, and it's the story of Jesus' visit to Martha and Mary. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and so she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. Is there is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. God bless to our understanding this reading from his holy word. So good to me. 
Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You've been so, so good to me. Overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found Leaves the ninety-nine I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away
Stacy for sharing our gift of music. We like to front like the Christ candle, but whether we remember to like the Christ candle or not, we celebrate Christ's presence, shines brightly in and through each one of our lives. Martha, you are overcome by many tasks of ministry. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be blessed and led and enriched by God. Many years ago, many, many years ago now, when I was in high school, my family held a mini protest at my grandparents' house. After years of my grandmother fussing in the kitchen and not sitting down to eat with us, the table was in the kitchen and we'd be eating dinner and she'd be like, oh, do you need anything else? And get up and get down and get up and get down. So we didn't get a chance to talk. After many, 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 many years of that, we finally held a little protest. We told her that after all those years of pleading, sit down, relax, enjoy time with your family, talk with us. My family told my grandmother, that we weren't going to eat until she sat down with us. And playfully for a couple of times, we, every time she popped up, we stopped eating and waited until she got back down. It was done with love. It was done with great love. Um, and it worked. My grandmother, well, she didn't sit the whole time, but she sat a bit longer and didn't worry about whether we needed the buns that were on the countertop, knowing that we would ask her if we needed her to pass us down with us for the majority of the meal, a first of many times to come, and we got to enjoy the conversation more together. My grandmother was so preoccupied with making sure that everyone had what they needed or what they might need or maybe in the possibility in some point might need that she was missing what we really wanted, to enjoy and to share that meal with her to sit and talk and be together. Martha and Mary. What comes to your mind when you think of this scripture reading, the story of Martha and Mary? For me, for many years, this is what I thought of. This is what I pictured in my mind as I heard the story. There's Martha She's in the kitchen. She's preparing food and finishing up tidying for their special guest. She's busy being the good and dutiful hostess. She's also huffing and puffing and sighing because her sister, her sister who she believes should be in the kitchen with her helping, is sitting in the living room at Jesus' feet listening to him. So finally something snaps and Martha storms out of the kitchen and with exasperation she looks right past poor Mary and tells Jesus, orders Jesus to say to Mary, tell my sister to come help me. I don't know if that's what you've pictured for many years as well. That's how I pictured this story until this week. This week when I read an excellent Facebook post by Amy Kortz that she wrote a number of years ago as she was preparing to preach to a group of clergy on this passage. And that 
post, what she shared caused me to understand the story of Martha and Mary in a very different way. And I've heard Martha and Mary since I was a child. I've heard this story every time it comes up, preached so many times. I've preached on it many times. It caused, that her reading caused me to read and hear and understand this story in a way that honors the powerful, radical, these powerful, radical, faithful women, Martha and Mary, their discipleship and the different forms of ministry that they lived. Amy Quartz draws on the writing of theologian Mary Stromer, who wrote the book on, a book on today's reading. And she summarizes Mary Stromer's work, breaking down the meaning of the Greek words used in the gospel. Now, I don't know if many of you speak Old Te New Testament Greek. I just passed it. So I'm not going to go into all the Greek details and all the words. And I got 50.4. <laughs> but I appreciate what she goes into because sometimes things are lost in translation. And this story is one of them. She breaks down the meaning of the Greek words used in the gospel. She reflects on how this is a story that is quite different in its original language. Like I said, I'm not going to go down and, and mention each Greek word and what that means, but as Amy does, but I'll share the summary. The wording of the gospel today in its original Greek lifts up that both Martha and Mary are disciples of Jesus. Sitting at the feet of someone is not a literal description. The term sitting at the feet of means a disciple of. It's the vernacular way of saying a disciple of. And it also says that in the reading, there's an also. Martha, Ma Martha is also a disciple. That where he got left out. Martha welcomes Jesus into her home. And here's where the gospel reading changes for me and takes on new life. Today's reading doesn't actually say that Mary is there with Martha. Remember, sitting at the feet is a description of discipleship, not literally sitting at the feet of. She's not literally sitting at Jesus' feet. She's not necessarily at home even. What Jesus finds when he enters into Martha's home is a disciple, Martha, who is torn apart, that's the word that's used, or greatly troubled, that's another way of translating it, by many, and well, again, we have some translation that needs to be clarified. She is troubled by many, and here's your Greek word for the day, diconian, diconian, the tasks of ministry. She's torn apart by the many tasks of ministry, not just any tasks. Amy Quartz writes, it's not just cooking and cleaning. It's all the work related to ministry, meaning while Mary is gone, Martha is making meals for the community, getting groceries for the poor, praying with people, visiting parishioners, taking care of kids, and doing all the other daily labor of ministry. Jesus enters into the home of a disciple, Martha, and finds that she is burnt out. She's burnt out from the many tasks of ministry that she has been doing and feels she has to do. She turns to Jesus and pleads for him 
to go and find her sister, who's also a disciple, to find Mary and order, and order her, order Mary to come back and help with the ministry that is so important to Martha because she is burnt out. Martha has a home-based ministry, whereas Mary's is a ministry lived out probably outside the home. When Martha pleads with Jesus, his response is tenderness. He says her name twice, Martha, Martha. He's saying that he sees her fully. He is acknowledging her and her exhaustion and her needs. Jesus responds with compassion, Martha, Martha, you are overcome by many tasks of ministry. Mary has chosen, in the Greek translation, her portion, not better path, not better way, her portion. Mary has chosen her portion, and it won't be taken away from her. What Jesus is saying is that Mary has chosen her portion, her way of ministry, the way she feels called to discipleship, and that won't be taken away from her. Mary's discipleship and ministry it entails looks different than Martha's, and that's okay. So I used to think about this story as a lesson in taking time and care to sit with God, to value and savor contemplative, worshipful, study side of faith and, and not just the action side of faith. And that's a good lesson still. That's all important. However, the reflection by Amy Quartz, drawing on the work of Mary Stroms, makes me reflect in a different way. For me, it raises the question we can all ask ourselves. Where does our call to discipleship lead us? What does our portion of ministry look like? Martha and Mary's was different. How do we honor this in ourselves and in one another as a church, especially if it's different? Instead of asking ourselves, do we spend enough time like Mary, we can ask ourselves, how do we take care of ourselves as we undertake the portion of ministry and discipleship that is ours? How do we draw on the care and support we need so that we are not overcome, torn apart, perpetually stressed out, pulled in many directions and burnt out, as we hear Martha is? How do we allow ourselves to not feel like we have to do it all and give up the ideas of perfectionism in order to draw on the strength and diversity and beauty of God that is found in community? Understanding the story as that of two female disciples we can ask ourselves, how do we honor ourselves as disciples called to ministry? How do we make the room in our lives to respond to Christ's call? How do we match and help each other match our gifts, our skills, our passions, our life experiences to the ministry that we are called to share? Martha and Mary would have both faced many roadblocks in their discipleship because they lived in a patriarchal society. And the later early church would silence that they were disciples and that would get passed along. They would have faced prejudice and barriers. 
They were brave pioneers of women in ministry and they didn't let others tell them what their portion of ministry should be or what it was that, that it was any less value or worth than others. That story reminds us of this too. So how do we encourage the ministry of those who have been told that they are not called or that they don't have anything to give or that they don't belong or that they don't have a portion in the life of the church? Christ calls us all to be disciples. Each of us has a piece, a portion of ministry to share. Not all of us are workers. Not all of us are committee members. Not all of us are tech people. Not all of us are teachers or worship leaders. Some of us can worship and work in person here. And some of us share in the full life of this church and the ministry here from our homes. We all have gifts given to us by God that we share, that we can share and bless the whole. So back to my grandparents' house, my grandmother was a fusser. She wanted to make sure everything was just right and she ran, walked around all over the house. Um, but her love, her love was shown in the tasks she understood. Popping up from the table every minute to make sure all of her family had what they needed. And as I've gotten older and thinking about today's reading, I've come to appreciate what my grandmother was doing. She wasn't just fussing, she wasn't just worrying. She was sharing her portion. She was showing her love in her care that everyone in her family had what they needed or could want and that no one missed out. I would love to spend even just one more meal in my grandparents' kitchen receiving this kind of love from my grandmother because it has left a huge blessing in my life. And yes, she needed to sit down and enjoy the meal with us to share in our company, but this doesn't take away from the gift she gave to us in her making sure that we all had what we needed. She was a strong and caring woman who lived out love through action. Christ calls us all. Christ calls us all to discipleship. So may we discover and help one another discover our portion of ministry in the life of this church and in this beautiful world. Let us celebrate the diversity of gifts we bring and the variations of ministries we live out together. When we are overwhelmed or torn apart or burnt out, let us feel the love of God reaching into our lives, calling us by name and drawing us back into the strength of community. For we are all loved by God. We are all blessed to be a blessing. And we all are gifted with a portion of ministry to share in this time and in this place. When we honor and bring our, portion to, our portions together, amazing and holy things happen. Amen. And thanks be to God.
And now we'll celebrate the gifts that we share as we sing, What Can I Do? safe to sit now. I won't have you pop up again in a second. <laughs> we share our love through the prayers that we offer for the love that we extend and the needs we ask for and the thanksgivings we offer. So friends, let us join together in prayer. Holy God, you fill this world with wonder and beauty. You fill each life with a beautiful ministry to share, with gifts to offer, with ways to enrich the whole of humanity and the whole of creation. We thank you for the beauties that surround us. We thank you for the rain that's falling as it brings life from the soil. We thank you for those who nurture us by offering us support and care. We thank you for our church, for this opportunity to be together in the sanctuary and from our homes, to feel the love of those gathered with us. We give you thanks that for the work of the General Council and the commissioners who are meeting this weekend and have been meeting for a long time to help shape the life of our beloved church. And we give you thanks for our moderator-elect, Carmen Lansdowne. We pray blessings as she prepares to take on the work of moderator of our church. We give thanks for moderator Richard Bott as he brings to a close his time in this role. We thank you for all the gifts that he shared and hold them in prayer as he transitions back into congregational ministry. O oh, holy God, help us to remain ever mindful of the rich blessings of life. We pray, O oh God, for all who are suffering today. We pray for all who are suffering because of climate change, those living with the devastating fires, heat waves, droughts, storms, and more that we bear witness to in the news. 
Surround them with the love and care of community, of neighbors near and far. Help us to care for your creation better. We pray for farmers. We pray for all who work in health care. We pray for all who are struggling financially. We pray for all who are ill, those who are dying, those who are grieving, for those who are waiting surgery, for families and friends. We hold in prayer our search team as they help our congregation discern who will be our next minister. From our Western Ontario Waterways prayer cycle, we pray for Flesherton pastoral charge. And from the World Council of Churches prayer list, we pray for the people of Burundi, Democratic Republic of Congo, and Rwanda. And we offer our individual prayers to you now. O Holy One, we pour out these prayers to you as we join them with the prayers of all creation, trusting in your love and open to your guidance as to what our ministry looks like each and every day. We pray all this in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. <coughs> Deep in our hearts, more voices, 157.
Friends, as we conclude this time, our worship continues. It continues in the life we lead each and every day, a life filled with beautiful, life-giving ministry that it's ours to offer. May we go knowing that God goes with us and God blesses us to be a blessing. May we see the face of Christ in everyone we meet, and may everyone we meet see the face of Christ in us. Amen.